Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's, and a special welcome to our visitors and those who are tuning in online today. Does it seem to you as though Christianity and its values are becoming less and less popular all around us? It can be difficult to speak to others about our faith, sometimes even difficult to speak to other Christians about our faith. But today in our service, God gives us courage to speak his word even in the face of rejection. We'll hear more about that in our songs, in our lessons, in our sermon today. Uh, as we worship according to the order of service laid out in the bulletin and projected on the wall, uh, we ask you please to stand for the third verse of our opening hymn.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Gracious Lord, your Son, Jesus, faithfully proclaimed your will and word wherever he went. Grant that we too may be faithful in our proclamations, even among those who dishonor your word, until your love reaches all those for whom your Son gave his life. For he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated for our scripture lessons. 
Our first lesson for today, taken from Ezekiel chapters 2 and 3, serves as the basis for our sermon. He said to me, Son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. As he spoke, the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people to whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious people, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around you, and you live among scorpions. Do not be afraid of what they say or be terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. You must speak my words to them, whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious. But you, son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not rebel like that rebellious people. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Then I looked, and I saw a hand stretched out to me, In it was a scroll which he unrolled before me. On both sides of it were written words of lament and mourning and woe. And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. He then said to me, Son of man, go now to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. This is the word of our God. We continue with the next hymn.
Alleluia. Happy are they who hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bring forth fruit with patience. Alleluia. Please stand in honor of the gospel. The gospel according to Mark chapter 6. Jesus returned and shared God's word in his hometown, how it must have stung him to be rejected by people that he knew and had grown up with. But here we see how to handle rejection. Jesus kept on preaching. He went to other towns and continued sharing God's word undeterred. Jesus did this for you and me in our place and also to encourage you and me. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the, disciples, when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. This is the gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Christian, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated for our next hymn, 536.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon today, taken from Ezekiel chapters 2 and 3, let us pray. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Amen. Over the last few months, I've heard and read quite a bit about labor shortages around our state, all around our country. I've read that about 90% of employers are having a really difficult time finding reliable help. Many companies and establishments offering big incentives and bonuses and perks for people just to sign up and to work, come to work. So many people not interested or not willing to work at the jobs that are available for the compensation that is being offered. Well, how quickly do you think a job posting like this would be filled? Help wanted. Someone who's willing to tell stories about and act out disasters that are going to come on other people must be willing to lie on your side, tied up with ropes, for hundreds of days at a time, eating food cooked over dung, must also be willing to pack up all your belongings, dig a hole through the wall, and leave. Your spouse will die, and you'll be unable to show any emotion or mourn for that person starting today. Would you sign up on the dotted line? Would you report for duty? Would you fill that position? That's what the Lord called Ezekiel to do. And even though it wasn't quite a job, so, so to speak, as though Ezekiel applied for it and took it, this was a direct call from the Lord. This was a mission that the Lord gave to Ezekiel. The Lord doesn't directly call people so much anymore, but there's a lot we can learn from what the Lord asked Ezekiel to do and relate that to what God calls you and me to do and to face in his service as people in his kingdom. The Lord calls you and me also to speak his words, fearless among a stubborn people and filled with a sweet taste. In chapter 1 of Ezekiel, Ezekiel saw an amazing vision. He saw the glory of the Lord, full of fire and radiating with a rainbow and looking like glowing metal. When Ezekiel saw this, he fell face down in awe. And that's why at the beginning of our section of Scripture, the Lord says, Stand up, son of man. Over the course of Ezekiel, 48 chapters, the Lord talks to Ezekiel using the term son of man about 90 times. The Lord wanted to remind Ezekiel, even though you are being able to see these special revelations, even though you have this special assignment from me, the Lord, even though the people around you are stubborn and rebellious, you too, Ezekiel, are just a son of man a sinful human being with your own set of weaknesses and failings and sins. 
In Ezekiel, it's only by my spirit and at my invitation, says the Lord, that you can stand in my presence and be sent in my name. It's really the same for you and me too, isn't it? The Lord addresses you and me as son of man, daughter of man today, human beings with our own sinful failings and weaknesses. As he involves us in the work of sharing his word with other people, it's not about how great our resume is or how talented our staff is, how our church towers above others or how we can look down on those around us. No. It's about how the Lord has put his spirit into us, how he has made us his temple and his spirit taken up residence inside of us by our baptism and he has raised us up and calls us and sends us in his name to talk to each other and others and to bring his word to them. Son of man, daughter of man, stand up. As the Lord sent Ezekiel, Ezekiel's hopes could not have been let down because the Lord couldn't have set the bar any lower in the ministry that Ezekiel was about to take up. Ezekiel was going to go to a stubborn and rebellious people, just like their ancestors before them. The Israelites had constantly been trying to throw the Lord's guidance, the Lord's rule off of their backs and get out and do their own thing. Even after the Lord rescued them from Egypt, they grumbled and complained throughout the wilderness. Even after the Lord brought them into the promised land, they wanted to do what was right in their own eyes. Whatever, Lord. I, want to do, I know what I'm doing here. Even during the time when the Lord had kings ruling over his people, it was one disaster after another, worshiping idols, intermarrying with the ungodly around them, relying on foreign alliances rather than the Lord of hosts himself. Like father, like son, like mother, like daughter, their ancestors passed on their stubbornness and their rebellion onto their children, and their children lived in it. As you read through the book of Ezekiel about the people that the Lord was sending Ezekiel to, the Lord described them as more interested in buying and selling, more concerned with the economy than in the riches of God's mercy. The Lord described the Israelites as people who were going out and committing idolatry, putting other things first in their heart, setting up altars and burning incense in the high places and desecrating the Lord's own temple. The Lord had made his Israelites to be a beacon of light, shining for the nations around them, but yet the Israelites, their deeds were darker and more despicable than the nations around them. This was a stubborn and rebellious people. The Lord said they were like briars and thorns. Ezekiel will be living among scorpions. As you read through the book of Ezekiel, you don't notice the kinds of persecutions that Jeremiah faced in Jerusalem. Ezekiel doesn't record those, that he himself went through those kinds of persecution in exile. But nevertheless, those people were going to be scratchy, scraping, Stinging like scorpions, 
The Lord characterized those people as murderous and violent, filling the streets with dead, sacrificing their children in the fire, the leaders treating the people harshly and brutally. Even though the Lord sent Ezekiel to a stubborn people, did you count how many times he said, do not be afraid? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be terrified. Over and over and over again, the Lord said, do not be afraid. You know what to expect. Do my work. Be a prophet among my people. Be fearless among a stubborn people. The Lord calls you and me to speak his word fearlessly as well. When another Christian sins against us, we are to go and talk to them about it and work through the issue with them. When we're aware that another Christian has something against us, we're supposed to go to them and try to make peace with them. When our children get out of line and are sinful and naughty, we are supposed to discipline them without hesitation. When a Christian leader, pastor, or teacher needs to talk to one of our relatives or friends or children about a sin that they're committing and caught up in, we are to be supportive of that effort. Yet how often doesn't it happen where we get afraid? Well, what are they going to think? Are they going to be frustrated with me or will they be mad at me for even bringing it up? Will they ignore me like that other person did? Will it wreck my relationship with them? Will they twist my words and turn things back against me and just want to talk about all of my failings and all of my sins from my past? I don't know if I can do this. Maybe I'll just let it all blow over and and hope there are calmer waters tomorrow. That's the trap that so many of the Israelite prophets were falling into. The Lord said, when the people of Israel were sinning, the Israelite prophets were saying, peace, peace, everything's okay. There's nothing to worry about here. When they should have been condemning sin, pointing it out and dealing with it. We have failed the job that the Lord has given to us. And he will hold us accountable for that. Yet as the Lord sent Ezekiel, he said whether they listen or fail to listen, they will know that a prophet has been among them. Ezekiel foretold over and over to the people of Israel, Jerusalem will fall. So many of the people will die by famine and plague and the sword. But when it finally happened, they would know that a prophet had been among them. The Lord, in his mercy, sent a messenger to the Israelites. The Lord takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they repent and live. The Lord wanted Ezekiel to be a lifeline for his people, even though things would get prickly and scrapey and stinging. The Lord wanted his people to repent and live. As I was growing up, two of my four siblings had type 1 diabetes. And day in and day out, they would have to prick their fingers, put a little drop of blood on a strip, test their blood sugar to monitor that, to keep an eye on it. 
day in and day out, they would have to use a, a needle, a syringe, and shoot insulin into their bodies to help them. All this poking and pricking and stinging, but it was for their health. It was so that they could survive and thrive and live an active and healthy life. Even though speaking to other people, even though bringing God's word to them can be pokey and prickly and sting, it's for our health. The Lord intends that for our good. James 5 says, If one of you should wander from the truth and you call him back, Save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. The Lord gives you and me this privilege as he calls us, speak my words, fearless among a stubborn people, but also filled with a sweet taste. In order for Ezekiel to bring God's word to other people, he had to receive that word. He had to know what that was. So the Lord pointed out a scroll to him and unrolled that scroll The Lord gave him his words. As you and I have difficult conversations with other people, as we talk to them about sin and talk to them about big life issues, it's important that the framework for those conversations isn't just my opinion or your opinion or popular opinion, but that God's word is the framework and the basis for those discussions, for those hard conversations. The Lord gives you and me his word too. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that we are thoroughly equipped for every good work. God gives you and me his word. You might have noticed that scroll had written on both sides words of lament and mourning and woe. Half of Ezekiel's ministry was telling the people that Jerusalem will fall. There was a ministry of sharing condemnation and words of judgment on God's people. And even after that, the nations around them, eight of the 48 chapters of Ezekiel, have to do with Ezekiel pronouncing judgments, mourning, lament, and woe on the nations around Israel for their own wickedness and also because they rejoiced when Jerusalem fell. A lot of sadness and condemnation in Ezekiel's message. Yet the Lord told Ezekiel, open your mouth and eat that scroll. It's important for us to remember that this was a vision. Ezekiel wasn't actually putting parchment with ink in his mouth and literally chewing on it and eating it. But Ezekiel was to take in God's word. Ezekiel was to digest that and let it strengthen him. He was to process it and let it give him all the nourishment and sustenance that he needed for his ministry. As he did that, it tasted sweet, sweet as honey in his mouth. What a sweet privilege it was to be a messenger from the Lord, a delicious duty to bring God's word to his people. One of the highlights of my day every week is eating my peanut butter and honey sandwich. Ever since I was little, that's been a staple of my diet. I just love peanut butter and honey. I slather the peanut butter on nice and thick, 
And the honey, don't just drip or drizzle that on there. No, I get a pool of honey on my peanut butter so that it soaks into the bread on top of it. Mmm, delicious. Even if peanut butter and honey isn't your thing, there are so many good honey foods out there, honey cereals like Honey Nut Cheerios. There's honey dips that you can dip chicken and bread in. Honey that you can add to your drinks, whether that's tea or a hot toddy when you're feeling sick. Honey in bars and snacks, granola bars, delicious honey. No wonder, as the Lord described the promised land, he said, that's a land flowing with milk and honey. There is nothing sweeter than being filled with God's word. Sweeter than honey to the taste. And even though Ezekiel brought words of lament and mourning and woe to the Israelites, that tasted sweet to him because the Lord gave Ezekiel a message that not only pointed out the Israelites' sins, but it pointed ahead to the one who would take all mourning and lament and woe for them. It pointed them ahead to Christ, their shepherd, their Messiah, their Savior. On the cross, Jesus took all the mourning and lament and woe for you and me. There on the cross, Jesus felt the pressure of the thorns, the piercing of the nails, the sting of the whip for us. There on the cross, Jesus knew the torment that we deserved for all the times that we didn't trust the Lord even in rejection. There at the cross, Jesus suffered the pain for all the times we kept our mouths silent instead of speaking up and speaking out about sin. And the Lord brings this message of Jesus to us in his word. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my lips. The Lord fills us with that word. The word of Jesus Jesus who took in God's word perfectly in our place. Saturday after Saturday, as he sat in the synagogue, taking in, eating, digesting, letting that word strengthen him for us. As he regularly went to the temple year after year for us. Jesus, who always kept his promises, when Jesus prophesied among people, they would know that a prophet had been among them because his word came true. He rose from the dead for you and for me. Jesus. The Lord fills us with this sweet message of Jesus, our Savior from sin, so that we can go and speak it to others. The message of Jesus. Today we hear Jesus' words that his body was given for us, his blood shed for us, he fills us with his forgiveness. Sweeter than honey to our lips. How sweet it is. In the second service today, we'll be reminded again of Jesus' sweet words that promise salvation in baptism for the Hughes children. How sweet it is. Our own baptisms too. Dead to sin and alive in Christ. Jesus, fill us with this word. Lord, open our mouths and fill us with your love, your promises, 
your blessings in Christ so that we can speak your words to others filled with a sweet taste. The labor shortage doesn't just hurt employers. The labor shortage hurts a lot of people. Maybe you've noticed it on vacation or as you go around this summer to different establishments, the service is a little bit slow. There's a wait for things. It's a little less than satisfactory. Some establishments have had to close because of the labor shortage. When there's a labor shortage, everyone suffers. How much more when there's a shortage of people who are willing to speak the Lord's word? Because the truth then is rare. And the good news we need more than anything else is even harder to find. Let's answer God's call. Let's take up this task gladly. Let's be willing to do as the Lord asks. Speak his words, fearless among a stubborn people, filled with a sweet taste. And then sit back and watch how he blesses his word among us, and all around us. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We sing the Create in Me. time we'll bring our offerings forward. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for giving us confidence in your word. Whether people listen or fail to listen, your word is truth. Your word gives us life and forgiveness through it. You extend the message of repentance and forgiveness to all. Give us boldness even when we experience resistance and rejection to continue bringing your word to anyone that we can. Holy Spirit, we praise you for your saving sacrament of baptism by which you will wash Chloe, Sophia, and Bentley Hughes this weekend. Please keep them close to Christ all their lives. Bless their parents, Kyle and Erica, as they strive to raise them in your holy word. Help all your people to live each day by the power of their baptisms. Heavenly Father, we bless you for the 25 years of marriage you have given to Kevin and Renee Mueller. You have given them the joy of children and their spouses. 
Be with them as they celebrate this milestone and keep them close to each other and to you so that they join all the saints at the wedding feast of the Lamb in glory. And in Jesus' name we join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord will be with you always. seated for the distribution. Also, if you're visiting with us today, please note our practice of close communion as outlined on the screen and in the bulletin. <laughs> 